Amen. Right on. We believe, we've been talking the last couple of weeks, that our walk as Christians, as Christ followers, is unordinary. We're not called to be like the world. We've been looking at First Peter, where it's this encouragement of, hey, you know, you might feel like you don't belong. You might feel like you don't fit in because the reality is you're not supposed to. You're not of this world. You're of the kingdom. Scripture in First Peter says it's like, it's like we're foreigners. We're aliens to this world. It's just not going to function the way the rest of the world does. We do things differently. Can I get an amen? And so that's okay. We got to get comfortable with this unordinary feeling at times where you don't blend in and fit in and do it every, like everybody else. The bumper here, what I like is like, we're called to break the mold. You're called to be different. You know, you're called to. And so if you're a teenager, you're different. And that's cool. That's a good thing. God uses you. You know, I, everybody always talks about teenagers. You know, it's, oh, these teenagers, I don't know how they're going to make it. I don't know how to do Listen, you got to remember the disciples were formed as teenagers. You know, he said, hey, I'm going to put some people together who can influence the world, and I'm going to use these young people. And so it's all right if you're an ordinary. You can be a, a mold breaker. Yeah. Amen. That's what the video was saying. We're mold breakers. You're not going to date like everybody else. You're not going to interact like everybody else. You're not going to laugh. Are you with me today? And so I want to encourage you, you know, in this sermon today, I, I, normally I'm a, a little bit more preachy, but, but I, I want to just really speak to you, encourage you today, get you to look at something that, that you might not have looked at before and that is this, you're unordinary because your weakness is your strength. Your weakness has strength. You know, we live in a world where you know, we put on a pedestal the heroes and the strong people and the, the overcomers and the achievers and the self-made man. Look at all these people who are strong people and gifted people with all of these abilities. But the scripture teaches us that in our weaknesses, God can, can, can perform powerful and miraculous things. In a submitted and a surrendered weakness that we offer unto him, it releases God's strength and God's power. It's unordinary. It's unusual. Because we live in a time where it's like, oh, hold on. My weakness, I need to hide this. I can't let anybody know that I have weaknesses. I can't let anybody know that I don't have it all together. So we, we try to put this over here. Don't let nobody know about this. As a matter of fact, we come, you know, people come into church and, and people show up and they say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not quite ready for this yet, or I'm not quite ready for God to use me that way. And I'm kind of like, ready? I don't see ready in the Bible. David wasn't ready. Moses wasn't ready. As a matter of fact, God got mad. One of the times you see God mad in Scripture is when Moses keeps telling God all of his weaknesses. Yeah, but what about this? What about this? What about this? And he goes through all this list of excuses, and I'm not ready, and these are my weaknesses. And God is like, I made you. I know you're not ready. I know you're weak. But if you'll just let me show off my power in your weakness, it will be a strength. So we got, we got these weaknesses that we keep trying to hide. Oh, it's not my, when we, we say Christian things like this, well, that's not my gifting. And, and really what you're saying is like, oh, it's my weakness or it's my insecure place, so I'm going to hide it back here. When God is saying, if you give that to me, I'll put my strength on it and it'll be a strong place for you. So it's unordinary that we're a people that are like, hey, God, here's our weaknesses. You know, no, one, no one shows up to God like, hey, God, I really want you to move in my life. I want you to use me. Uh, here's my portfolio of weaknesses. We would go to God of like, here's my portfolio of strengths. Here's how I think you can use me. And God's like, move those over. Let me see some of your weaknesses that I can work through. It's not that he doesn't use our strengths. He does. But at the same time, we're going to see here in Scripture that there's opportunity for your weaknesses to become strengths. Same thing in church. You would never show up to the church, new church. Hey, hey, pastor, so glad to be here. Uh, just really looking forward to plug in. Here's a variety of my weaknesses. But we should. Because if we really are a body of Christ that's bringing the best out of one another, we should be able to have conversations about our struggles and our weaknesses. Can I get amen? Hey, here's some things. 
that iron sharpens iron. And we can get better on together. These aren't these weaknesses I'm going to hide. I'm going to share. And then God's power can be released in these. Amen. So you may be here today feeling weakness in your parenting. Pastor, I'm weak. I don't have the answers. I don't have, the, I don't have all the solutions. I don't, I don't even know how I'm going to get them from here to here. And I don't know how I'm going to be able to answer that. And I can't even imagine having to face that. If this comes up, I feel weak. Well, that's awesome because God, God gives you a promise that when you're weak, he can be strong. Well, my marriage is a mess. This is a disaster. We should just go separate ways. I don't, I don't see a way. Everything is weak. When I write down all of the different categories in my marriage and all of the things that I would need, I don't have any of them. It's so weak. Well, get ready because God gives us strength when we're weak. So I'm trying to get you to be encouraged today that if there's weakness in your life, get ready because God wants to put strength in that place. Oh, my career is a mess. Man, I thought by now I'd be further ahead. I thought by now this or this. And God's like, hey, I got you. Well, but my leadership skill this, and I thought this. Maybe I'm a failure. Maybe I took the wrong step. I thought God told me to do this in my career. I thought God told me to make this change so I could be for my family, but this is this. And he said, I feel weak. Oh, don't get ready because God's going to put some strength into that area. Well, my health, it feels like by the time I get over this, then I have this. By the time this, then this. My health, I just keep. Well, if you're weak, if you have a sickness or a disease or a weakness, God says when you're weak, he can make you strong. But we got to surrender it to him. we gotta, we got to put our, our, our weaknesses at the foot of the cross. It's not by our own might, but it's by his might. So if you're weak, any of these categories you're feeling weakness in, self-confidence, getting over your past, Whatever your holdups and hangups may be, God is speaking to you today. You're in this room for a reason or you're watching online for a reason to hear that that weakness is not something you hide. It's something that you surrender so God can give it strength. This is kind of one of those ideas that um, when you know a truth, you know a truth, but sometimes you're, you're kind of pondering like, oh, I don't know, I'm trying to make a decision. And then maybe a mentor or a friend or somebody uh, tells you a truth that you already know and you go, yeah, no, you're right. No, yeah, you're right. That's right. That's right. And you're like reminded of a truth. Like, no, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's right. That is what we need to do. That is good. And then you're reminded of it. That's what I want this sermon to be for you today. I want you to hear God's word and go, yeah, you know what? I am weak in this area, but God promises when I'm weak, he makes me strong. So God, yeah, yeah, you're right. Can you take it away? Can you take that away today? The scripture is full of these reminders of, hey, in these seasons, don't give up. Hey, in these seasons, don't quit. We see all throughout scripture, we hear things like don't grow weary or finish the race or run with perseverance. We, we hear all of these big things about don't give up early. There's a harvest, all of these kind of things. And what it's trying to get you to prevent is letting weariness or weakness to miss the prize, to miss the return, to miss what God has for you. And so I'm giving you the same message today. Don't, don't survey your land and go, oh, I'm weary, I'm weak. Oh, I feel this weakness. I feel this thing. And, and I should probably back out because, no, because in our weakness, God is strong. I think people give up too soon. It's not because it's not possible. They just give up too soon because they believe in the weakness. The reality is, you've heard me say this before, the reality is uh, the enemy is not strong enough to defeat you. All that the enemy is trying to do, the gates of hell will not prevail against you. The promise is that he can't overcome you. If you're surrendered to God, if you're following God, if you're in God's lead, even if you feel weak, you shouldn't get out of the race because he can't overcome you. Uh, again, we live in the culture of strength finder tests and enneagrams and all of these things that we get. They're trying to get you to see, here's your strength, here's your strength, here's your strength. 
Uh, this is what you're good at. This is what you should be doing. And the scripture teaches us, yeah, but those weaknesses over there are great opportunities for growth, great opportunities for strength. Paul teaches this to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Many of you might have heard it before, but think about how serious he is in this. Someone who, of course, walks with Christ, who has the experience of being led by Jesus. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he says this, Jesus speaking to him, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. All that he did on the cross and all that he's doing in your life now, God's grace is sufficient for you right where you are. Like some of you just need to know God's grace right now where you are is enough. Just let us sink in like, oh, but, but maybe I need this, but maybe I need more of this. No, God's grace right now and your surrendered place to him, his grace right now is sufficient for you. For he says this, for my power is made perfect in weakness. What we love in American church is God's power to be on the worship band or to be in the sermon and the big sermon or we love the big prophetic moment or we get a word or we have a powerful prayer time. We, we love these big moments with God and so do I. Those things are all great. I'm not wrong. I'm not enough. But the scripture says that his power is made perfect in our weakness. Our surrendered moments of, hey, God, I don't have it all together but would you help me with this weakness? I can't overcome this addiction on my own. I can't overcome this situation. I can't get past my past. I can't parent the way I need to. But in this weakness, strength, strength comes from these weaknesses. But the enemy wants to tempt you to throw in the towel. Oh, just let the kids live it out the way. They'll find their way. You found a way. Oh, you're overwhelmed. Take a break. Take a break. You don't need church. You don't need that study. You don't need to keep reading the scripture. Oh, that, that read through the Bible in a month. Man, give yourself a break. You're getting up early to try to do that. No, it's those moments of surrender, times of weakness. Are you with me today? Therefore, <laughs> therefore, he says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness. What a crazy guy. He's saying, I'm going to boast gladly about my weaknesses. Again, I mentioned it before. That's just something we don't do in American church. Hey, what's up? Good to meet you. Good to meet you. Hey, you got to hear about my weaknesses. You got to hear about these things. No, instead, we try to keep it all together. How's it going, brothers? Oh, I'm blessed, highly favored. Everything's great. No weaknesses here. Bumper stickers talking about how we got it all together. But we started rolling out our weakness bumper stickers. You know, some of you need that. Keep distance. My weakness is anger. You know, like... Keep distance. My weakness is eye-hand coordination. <laughs> Those are just female drivers. If you applauded, you're going to hell, for sure. I can say it as a pastor. If you were someone who applauded, that's not good for you. <laughs> it's all right to have fun in church. You guys know I'm kidding. You guys want to hear about the first ding that I got on my truck? My truck has backup cameras. It was a brand new truck. And I had a trailer in my driveway. And my wife was backing it up literally with an LCD. <laughs> I've told you before, I'm used to her throwing things at me. I don't know why you would throw the Christ body at me, but you're going to be with the guy who clapped about the thing. <laughs> yeah. It has a backup camera, a big old screen camera right here on the back of the truck my my trailer's there 
I come back, I look at that bumper. I said, there's a ding in that bumper. There's a dent in that bumper. I said, I need to call the dealership. I've only had this thing like two months. Look at this dent. And she's like, did you back into the camper? <laughs> yes, she did. And I told that story in church after making a women joke. Now I'm taking two communions in a minute. <laughs> Not sure how we got there, but bumper sticker about boasting in our weakness. He's like, I boast about my weakness. Why? He's got this understanding. He's got this understanding that, hey, these are places that God's going to do something amazing. My weaknesses. These are places. These are opportunities for God's power and God's strength to not just leave me there. He loves me so much that he's going to take me to a better place. So he says, I'm, I'm boastful about this. I'm glad about this. So he says, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses, in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For in, when I'm weak, I'm strong. We love the second half. We go around preaching that all the time. For when I'm weak, he makes me strong. When I'm weak, he makes me strong. Yes, but in difficulties and persecutions and struggles and shortcomings and all the times that you just feel buried, that's when he takes you from weakness to strength. But we try to live the safe bubble Christian life where we're always just blessed and highly favored. No, we got to get in situations where we're trusting God to take our weaknesses to places of strength. We have to let God participate in our weaknesses. Think about this. There is a level of God's power that is enabled when you surrender your weaknesses. There is a level of God's power that is enabled when you surrender your weaknesses to him. So then you could say it like this. You are holding back a level of God's power when you keep your weaknesses from him. We want all of God's power in our life. I love the song. Uh, I think Hillsong does it, but we sing it here too, called Another in the Fire. And it says, <clears throat> it says there's a grace. There's a grace. There's this great grace that happens when our heart is under fire. There's a grace for when our heart is under fire. And it says this, I'll count the joy from every battle because I know that's where you'll be. There's a great grace. The, the beginning that we found is his grace is sufficient. There's this place in God that we find, whether we're in a battle or whether we're in weakness or whatever the trial is, there's something special there with God. So don't be a person who tries to keep it all squeaky clean and perfect. Are you with me today? You can bring your doubts. You can bring your frustrations. You can bring all of these things to him. Why? Because there's a grace and a sufficiency that he has in our moments of weaknesses. God puts power on our weakness. That's why he says, I'm glad or I find joy or I delight in these weaknesses. Why? Because they're opportunity for growth. But as Christians, what we love is the big stuff. We love to take the mountain. Uh, faith and hope. Uh, we're a faith, hope, trust, and pixie dust family at our house. But, but we love the big sermons of faith and Hope and God's gonna, you're gonna overcome the mountain and God's gonna give you hope, but but trust becomes a whole nother thing. Trust becomes a whole nother, it gets personal. Uh, Psalm 3 5 or Proverbs 3 5 says this Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I'm talking about when you lay your head down at night and you are stressed to the max because there's no possible way that you're going to be able to get the outcome that you want by your own strength. It's easy to trust God when everything's going good. Oh, it's all going good because I got everything lined up and we're blessed and highly favored and everything's working out. But what about when it isn't working out? And you can, by your own strength, not figure it out at all. Where That's what the scripture is saying. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and not lean not on your own strengths, if we could change it. 
Lean not on your own understandings, your own capabilities. You get in a situation where you're like, God, I'm wholly, solely, completely dependent on you. Even in these moments of weakness, they're surrendered to you. When you're not strong enough, Peter's saying in these seasons, Paul's saying, when you're not strong enough, when you're not capable enough, he can come in and be our strength. I thought about it like this. One of the annoyances I have uh, with my children, uh, one is our, our youngest one, Callie. Uh, she's at that phase right now with her car seat where I want to do it. I'm just like, oh, Lord, this is going to be an hour, right? <laughs> because you also know how they get out of their car seat. And they get tangled seven ways. And it's like, all right, you can do it, honey. I can do it. I can do it. Not admitting a weakness. I can do it. So it's tangled, and I'm sitting there, and, oh, oh, I think that one's backwards, honey. No, I can do it. No, I think that one doesn't go in there. Okay. Yeah, and, and I'm doing the process of, like, hey, you got a weakness here. You don't have a capability here. Will you just let me as the dad step in and put strength on your weakness? Are you tracking with me? We do the same thing to God. No, I'm good. I got this. And we're, we're just hiding this weakness that really should be surrendered. And we come into church among one another, as I just mentioned, and we go, no, I'm good. I got it. I can do this. And everybody sees all your buckles are messed up. <laughs> we know your buckles are messed up, everybody, <laughs> especially you Facebook people. Your buckles are a mess. But why can't we just let the Heavenly Father be like, hey, let me help you here. Let me take your weakness and, and turn it into a strength. And that's what the promise is that we get to do that. And I get it. It's intimidating. It's intense. We have a, a prophet who comes here from Texas a couple times a year and speaks some prophetic words over our staff and some of the team and some people and, and uh, just love the way that he ministers and encourages us and, and, uh, and gives direction. And, and so you get inspired. Some of it's easy. You know, some of it that you hear, you're, you're like, yeah, that's awesome because it lines up with my strength. Like, yeah, God's going to do that. It's going to be awesome. I see that. But then there's some words that are given that completely align with weaknesses in my life. And so I believe when it comes to prophetic words or any words that God gives you, they're only as good as you steward them. So you can come in here and say amen to me all day long, but if we don't put those into place, if someone gives you an encouragement or you read a note, maybe on Facebook or in a devotional, if you don't write those down and keep those and believe those and pray those, then you're not stewarding it well enough. It's probably not going to come to pass. So we put all these words together in a book and we got these binders and we're always praying over them and looking at them. And uh, you get to these times that you see the weakness once. God says, we're going to use you this way, and God wants to do this in your life. And you look at that, and you're like, oh, my gosh. And you flip to the other page where your strength is because it's intimidating, and it's so scary. And you're like, oh, no, I don't know. That's my weakness. That's my weakness. Are you with me? Yeah. But I will say this to you. If I surveyed you or spoke for myself or other people that uh, have been following the Lord, they would say this. When you think about some of your greatest times with the Lord, or the greatest breakthroughs you've experienced or some of the most meaningful moments with the Lord, you probably wouldn't say, oh, yeah, there was this one time where I had it all together and I walked in on my strengths and I had all this stuff. You would probably say, hey, there was this time where I was in a terrible situation and I couldn't lean on my own understanding, but then God came through for me. What is it? A weakness that was surrendered and God's strength came in and made the difference. Are you with me? Many of us all have these stories of this, how God has led us. Uh, I thought about even the, the birth of this church. Jess and I were at a church on the east side, kind of near Detroit, and uh, we just got in a situation where we caught the leadership of that church just in some black and white lies. It wasn't like a misunderstanding. Maybe I misunderstood what they were saying. <laughs> I literally had 
black and white emails that were like contradicting the other, they were lies. It was crazy. And so I'm telling Jess, like as a good steward of like my life and my ministry and our life and our family's life, I can't stay on this staff anymore. But I didn't have another plan. There was no like backup plan. There's no quick, you know, like, I don't know if you know this, but like, you know, you don't walk past churches with like now hiring signs out there. It's just not that easy. So like, what are we going to do, you know? And, uh, and we weren't like, oh, well, I have an idea. Oh, maybe we should just try to plant a church. That also doesn't work that easy. And so we're praying about it and we're having discussion. We also just had our firstborn. So Caroline's three months old. So it means a huge life change for us. We, if you laid all the cards out on the table, I had way more weakness cards on the table than I had strength cards. But can I tell you, when I surrendered all of those weaknesses, it became the greatest thing God has ever done in my life. One of, in ministry. Why? Because you take all these weaknesses and you say, God, here they all are. We ain't got no money. We don't know where it's going to be. We don't got no people. But God, we're, we're trusting you in all of this and in the miraculous. I thought about in my life, one of the other times where God just used me in such a meaningful way. We were in Africa 20 years ago. My mom was on this trip as a children's pastor of a church, Res Life Grand Haven, and she was leading the children's team, and, and uh, we went on uh, the trip over there. And at this time, all I had ever done was children's ministry. So I'm planning at 18 years old to go over to uh, Jinja, Uganda, Africa, and, and help do children's ministry with the children's team. And when we get there, uh, we get on these buses, you know, and they're like running you through the jungle. Literally, it was like just this crazy time. And uh, and the pastors, the ministers that were there, the leaders who put this together from the African side were saying, hey, look, there's so many of these villages. Now, when I say villages, I'm literally talking like clay walls, metal hut buildings. Um, there's, they've heard the American ministers are coming. And uh, we have way more villages expecting ministers than you have pastors here. Is there anything that we can do to be able to minister to these villages? I'm 18 years old. I'm not a pastor. I've certainly not spoke to adults in any kind of ministry capacity. I'm the children's church guy. I'm like, hey, I can like a puppet. I can do a puppet. Like, I, can I do the whole sermon with a puppet, you know? And, uh, and, and so anyway, truthfully, the word's going out. And so, like, okay, God, they're asking if anybody else can do it. This is my weakness. I've never done it before. But if I surrender this to you, are you tracking with me today? And what I did was I said, all right, let's do it. And so some of the most meaningful times, can, I got to share the gospel to people who have never heard it before in Africa. Can I get amen? Like I said, I could have said, ooh, ooh, sorry, not my strength. You know, Andy Stanley says we really got to work our strengths. No, my strength finder doesn't line up with. No, it was surrendered unto God. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to show up in powerful ways in our weaknesses. You think all about the scripture. You think Noah, Moses, Esther, David, Daniel. You go through the whole list of all the Bible greats. They were what? People who were in situations where they couldn't do it on their own, but they surrendered their weakness, and God put strength on it. I think it's important for us to come into places like this. We say, I'm weak today. So you, you, you raise a surrendered hand. You say, God, make me strong. My finances are weak. God, you see them. And so I'm going to sow a seed. You say, God, I got this bitterness. I got this unforgiveness. I got this weakness, this thing that's growing on the inside of me. I'm going to pray a prayer of repentance right now. We surrender in our weaknesses, and God puts his strength on it. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 8 in the message version, Paul again writing says, We don't want you in the dark, friends, about how hard it was when all this came down on us in Asia. It was so bad we didn't think we were going to make it. 
we felt like we had been sent to death row, that it was all over for us. Uh, That's like a pastor's phone call on Monday morning to each other, (laughs) describing Sunday. As it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. Instead of trusting in our own strength or wits to get out of it, we were forced to trust God totally. Not a bad idea since he's the God who raises the dead. And he did it, rescued us from certain doom, and he'll do it again, rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing. It's the same message for you today. You may feel like you're walking death row right now. Oh, the job is driving me crazy, and the staff is a mess, and my kids are a mess, and our marriage is a mess. I feel like I'm walking death row. There's no way we're going to get out of this. But when we trust wholly on him, he rescues us every single time. That's why Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in your mighty power. Or finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Our strength doesn't come from our strength. It comes from him through us. And we love to present to everybody, these are my strengths, these are my strengths. But we got to get in a situation where we say, hey, these are my vulnerabilities. These are my weaknesses. These are my situations. But God's power through them. It's unordinary. It's unusual. But that's how God uses us. That's why we say this all the time. God is not interested in your comfort. He's interested in your character. This is how he develops that. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Let me read it to you again. This is the message version this time. It says this, but he answered me, my grace is always more than enough for you. When is it always? It's always. Not in this situation or this situation. His grace is always more than enough for you yeah, but that addiction, it keeps creeping up and I can never push it back. I can never, his grace is always. Yeah, but you don't know my family lineage. You don't understand. Like I'm never going to be able to break this. His grace is always. And it says, my power finds its full expression through your weaknesses. God's power, his full expression works through weaknesses. No, no, you don't get it. God only uses the strong people. I go to church and I see God uses the people that got it all together. I would challenge you that God is using the people who have submitted themselves wholly. Not the most talented, not the most capable, not the most educated, just the most willing to say, God, here I am, send me. So it's fully on display in our weaknesses. So he says this, so I will celebrate my weaknesses for when I am weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So I am not defeated by my weakness, but delighted. When you're feeling weak and incapable, you don't get defeated. You feel just like he did, delighted. For when I feel my weaknesses and endure mistreatment, when I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution for my love of Christ, I am yet made stronger. This is the key I want you to catch. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. All you superhero people that love the superhero stuff. A portal to God's power is connected to our surrendered weaknesses. Here it is, Lord. He came from heaven to earth, died on the cross for you. So what? So that your weaknesses could be redeemed, a portal to his power. So that your ability to overcome is connected to the cross. We sang it this morning. We're going to sing it again now. Your weakness submitted to him is a portal to God's power. It's a big deal. Amen. I'm going to have you stand. We're going to do a fun thing. We're going to do communion right now. And we're going to do it in this idea of our weaknesses surrendered to him, the work that he did on the cross. The band's going to come forward. I'm going to lead you in the elements here. But go ahead and prepare your element.
So a couple quick instructions as the band gets in place. If you peel that top wafer there and just hold it, don't take it. I want to share a few things. But I want us to kind of have an understanding. I'll give you a second to get it ready. And this group over here is all ready. You guys are, okay, all right. All right, check this out. So think about this. Jesus, 2,000 years ago, is with his group, and he's saying, look, 2,000 years from now, I want some people in Zealand to be doing this tradition. Tradition sounds like the wrong way to say it because this is a holy moment. But this tradition called communion. And he's saying, listen, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. Well, what are we remembering? What are we? Well, of course we're remembering the cross, but we're remembering that by the work of the cross, we have the ability for our weaknesses to become our strengths, for God's strength to flow through our weakness. So he's saying, he's saying, hey, remember, just remember at this time. So for you, when we do this, I want you to remember the work of the cross, this, this holy moment that we're walking in is so that you can overcome these weaknesses, these addictions, these hangups, these wrong ways of thinking, whatever your hindrances may be, and let it be a portal to God's power for you. I believe that you can leave here different and no longer having to go back to the way that it used to be. Portal to God's power. You can finally overcome in that area of weakness. Amen? I want to give you one instruction before we read some scripture. The scripture does give us the encouragement not to take communion in an unholy or unworthy manner. You say, well, what does that mean? It means that communion is for Christ followers or Christians or believers. So you may be in here and you say, oh, I haven't made that decision to be a, a Christian, a Christ follower. You haven't made Jesus Lord of your life. Here's what I want to encourage you today. God didn't put that rule in to like keep people away. Oh, make sure no sinners ever do this holy thing. No, what he's saying is I want you to understand it and appreciate it, what it for what it fully means. But here's what I love about God. He's always inviting you to him. So even in this moment right here, you have the opportunity to put your faith, hope, and trust in God. Maybe your weakness this morning is that you haven't made Jesus Lord of your life, but you get the opportunity to do that right here, right now, not just to take communion, not because I'm even offering it, but because you feel God right now in this moment, encouraging you, hey, take that step, surrender this weakness and follow me. Romans talks about how we would do that. Some people call this the sinner's prayer. Some people call it the prayer of salvation. It's the same thing. But we see it here in Romans 10. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth you profess your faith and are saved. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What the scripture is telling us, if you mean it in your heart when you pray this prayer that we're all about to pray, I'm not going to single you out or embarrass you or call you forward, but we're all, this whole room is going to repeat a prayer after me. But the scripture says, if you believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth, that salvation is yours. Your sins are forgiven. You're on your way to heaven. You're one of those Christ followers we talked about. So I'm going to give you that opportunity to pray this prayer. But if that's you, you say, yeah, pastor, count me in that prayer. Then pray this prayer and mean it from your heart. And I believe an awesome work will be beginning in your life. Let's pray this. Say, God, today I choose you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins and help me to walk with you all the days of my life. I believe you sent your son Jesus and he died and rose again for me. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Awesome job praying that prayer. Really, truly amazing. Uh, if you did pray that prayer at the end of service, just down the hallway past the coffee bar, um, we have a room back there, uh, our prayer room. And in that room, we have a free book we'd like to give you if you pray that prayer. It just kind of helps you with some of your next steps with God and what that looks like to be a Christ follower. So please jump back there and pick up that free gift and, um, and just start to read through that. It'll help you a whole bunch. But really awesome job praying that. All right, let's do this. Let's take this wafer here. And uh, we're going to worship after communion. Uh, but again, just remembering what, what this is all about. It's that God, the portal to God's power is when we surrender our weaknesses. When we, when we say, okay, God, these are my weaknesses. I'm, I'm asking you to move in these. So keep that on your mind as we do this. Let's take a look at what the scripture says. 1 Corinthians 11 says, Then the Lord Jesus, on the same night which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember the book of Isaiah says that it's by his stripes or broken body that we are healed. I believe in this very moment or even watching online, I believe that God still heals and wants to heal you. I believe that through this moment of communion, as we remember the power of his broken body or those stripes that he bore, I believe that you can receive healing. You may be in here and say, ah, oh, yeah, my weakness is that I got this issue physically or my kids or someone in my family. Believe for them, for God to heal them. And, uh, and so when we do this, we're doing this in remembrance of the healing power of Jesus that took place on that cross. So I'm going to pray and then we'll partake. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for that healing power that come by way of your broken body. Lord, your stripes that you bore. Lord, we do know and believe and trust that you are the healer. So God, we just use our words, the authority that you gave us. And God, we speak supernatural healing, supernatural healing, not by our own hand, not by our own might, not even by uh, the perfect words, but God, by your power, the Holy Spirit moving and healing, tops of the heads, the bottom of feet, total body healing. Lord, we thank you for it, for those in need. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. You may partake. The second one here would be the blood, representing the blood, the juice representing blood, which is his perfect blood that was shed for us. You know, heaven didn't go halfway. It didn't like make a deal with earth. It gave, God gave all perfect blood shed. And, uh, and he gave the best for you because there's power in it. When we think of the blood, we think of forgiveness of sin. Scripture says we're washed white as snow. We're made new in the power of the blood. I don't care how many times you've messed it up. The blood still covers. The old song, there's power in the blood. There's wonder working power in the blood. And I believe that to be true. And one of the things that, as I mentioned, the blood does is it, it washes us white as snow. It makes us new. One of the weaknesses that I see that people have is it's, it's the pain of their past. It's the frustration or regret of decisions they made. It holds them back from being used by God. No, you don't understand what I've done. No, you don't understand where I've come from. No, you don't understand how many times I've messed it up. The blood covers that, makes you white as snow. And so when we, when we do this in remembrance of him, remember that he's made you a new creation in Christ. The old person has passed away. There is no old you. Amen. So you're born again. You got another chance in this. So just remember, there's power in that blood. Amen. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for your blood. Lord, we sense your presence in this room. Some crazy old converted hospital you're dwelling in right now. 
and your perfectly spilled blood. Greater than any drug, greater than any drink, greater than any psychological conversation, any other self-help alignment tool, situation we can put ourselves in to get better, none of it compares to the perfect blood that was shed on the cross for me and for my family in this room and those watching online. So Lord, we remember your perfect blood as we partake. We know that it washes away the situations of our past. We know that it washes away the addictions in our history. We break every generational curse that's trying to hold anybody back. We break lustful behavior. We break addictive behavior. We break anger behavior. We break identity issues, insecurity issues. We say this is the last day and the last hour that they attach themselves to anyone in the sound of my voice. We rebuke and we rebind and we bind. We speak victory over every person hearing your word. God, we thank you for it because you love us and you're good to us. You're our heavenly father who gives good gifts. We receive them in Jesus' name. You may partake. Amen. The band is going to lead us in Christ alone. And it's in Christ alone that we have this victory. Amen. Let's go for it.